In this week's episode, we talk about something that happened recently that might have been a missed opportunity. Something that had great potential for millions of young people, and frankly people of all ages around the world, but it just didn't get any traction. We'll dive in right after this quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Ashley here. Are you having trouble meeting the right girl? Are you struggling due to lack of confidence, not knowing what to say, or not having a plan? Are you tired of being told to act confident around women without being told how? If so, I'd like to introduce you to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book from David Sharp. If you are afraid to approach women in public, this book is for you. If you aren't having success meeting women on dating websites or apps, this book is for you. If you're having trouble connecting with women on dates, this book is for you. The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting has loads of modern, field-tested, and ready-to-use examples to help you confidently approach women and meet great women either in person or online. It also has practical, real-world advice to help you truly get the most out of the dating process. And it has thoughtful, practical advice for cultivating and sustaining your relationships for the long term. It's got it all, and you're going to love it. The book's website is gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. That's gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. You can go to gentlemansguidetoflirting.com and click the Buy Now button. Or just search for Gentleman's Guide to Flirting by David Sharp on Amazon.com or anywhere else you buy your favorite books or ebooks. And start changing your life now. Hello there. Welcome to episode 66 of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting podcast. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, available on Amazon.com and everywhere else you find your favorite books or ebooks worldwide. I am currently working on my second book, the second in the Gentleman's Guide series. This new book is named The Gentleman's Guide to Excellence, and it is planned for release late in 2021 or very early in 2022 at the latest. The second book expands on the material that I used to open up part one of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book, where I talked about like mindset, like a lifestyle, philosophy, life priorities, and that stuff. I've gotten some very good feedback. A lot of people who have provided comments and ratings, say, for example, on, on Amazon or Goodreads, even the people who, who gave lower star ratings, all of them expressed interest and gave good praise for how I opened up the book and the philosophical underpinning, the philosophical foundation of, of the gentleman's guide kind of approach. So I am in the thick of writing about the concept of excellence now and its many different forms and how it might affect your life. And while I'm doing this research to make sure that I am giving you the best possible information and advice possible, I'm surveying a lot of sources and just doing a lot of research on my own. Now, as part of this wide ranging research, the Be Best, Be Best campaign that you might remember from Melania Trump, that's the former first lady, uh, President Donald Trump's um, wife. Uh, you know, every U.S. president, for those that, that aren't familiar, they usually have some sort of signature initiative that they support. And so Melania Trump followed suit when she came into the White House and she came up with called, something called B-Best, B-E-B-E-S-T, B-Best. Now, I had written off her 
the best campaign quite a while back, and I'll in a, in a moment I'll get into my reasons why I did that. Her campaign came back to my attention when I after I bought a book recently that covers some ancient Greek philosophy that's germane that's relevant to my topic of excellence in this new book. Um, this book covers um, like the relevant portions around excellence in ancient Greek philosophy over the centuries that the ancient Greeks were kind of at their height at their pinnacle. So the author of the, this book that I was reading on the subject of excellence opened up his material in a very unexpected way. And I'd like to just very briefly just to read an excerpt for you so you can get a sense of what that is. It was kind of eye-opening for me. The book I'm talking about is called Riti, Excellence and Virtue. Uh, Riti is spelled A-R-E-T-E, and that translates roughly into excellence or virtue, depending on the, the um, context that the word is used in, in the Greek language. This book is part of the what's called the Classics Cave, and I see the copyright, I believe the author is a Tim J. Young, copyright 2021. Now, what caught my eye as um, Tim Young opened the book, um, just starting from the very top, the very, the very first paragraph of his introduction, be best, so ran the motto of an initiative, that of a former First Lady of the United States, to help children flourish. The program's mission was to, quote, encourage children to be best in their individual paths, teaching them the importance of social, emotional, and physical health, unquote. One of its three pillars was well-being, an objective that implied the effort to bring one's being, one's very existence and essence, into a condition of wellness, of wholeness, of fullness, so that one would be flourishing as a human being, thriving. The underlying point of the Be Best initiative is anything but new. It is what all parents and elders teachers, mentors, and coaches have wanted for children from time immemorial. Skipping ahead to the third paragraph of the introduction, from Homer on, the ancient imperative was, quote, be the best, be the best. Articulated in a more contemporary subjective form, it is, quote, be your best. Expressed either way, whether with the objective, the, or the more subjective, your, there was and is the recognition of a measure or standard of how to be and act, a goal, something to achieve, something to rise to, something to fulfill. To contract the two, the objective and the subjective, we might say, quote, be best. All right, that's the end of the book quote. So Melania Trump didn't sign up for being in the public spotlight as First Lady. Or at least that's my opinion or impression. And it feels like to me, she seemed to be phoning it in with Be Best. And as First Lady in general, as that role as First Lady in general. But I'm not sure I can blame her because of who her husband is and how he acts and how he had behaved up to that point and how he was acting every single day, which resulted in this extremely toxic, and charged environment that surrounded her and her family and frankly surrounds us all still. Now, I don't feel like she is some bimbo who used her good looks and charm and appeal to go and land herself a, a wealthy guy, a billionaire. I think she is 
She seems to me to be a very good person who was just improving herself, and she took advantage of her good looks and her charm and her sophistication to catch the eye of a billionaire who ended, who happened to, who just happened to end up be the president of the United States later. But she didn't sign up for that, and she, I think her head was pretty much under the water, and I think she hated every minute. I still think that, and this is how I kind of judge or gauge people. I think to myself, would I like it if Melania Trump was in my kitchen talking to me and my family? And I think so. I think if you got her away from that horrible, toxic waste pit she was in, that dumpster fire in the White House, that she's, I'm sure she's just a great person at her core. She's, I'm sure she's just a great lady. But like I said, she ended up in the White House. She got dragged in there much against her will and under such intense public scrutiny, uh, she, got forced to go and behave like a first lady, go give speeches she didn't want to give, and she got forced to have some sort of first lady initiative, and she came up with Be Best. So she did what she was expected to do. That was her duty, but it all just fell apart. And I, again, I'm not sure I can blame anybody. I, I don't know. I will tell you that I tried to do a podcast episode early on, around the summer, I think it was, of 2020, uh, on Melania Trump's best qualities. Uh, back then I was doing episodes on people that I really respect and admire on like the, it's like what I call the best of series. I like best of Dwayne Johnson, the rock, the, the, the famous wrestler and now movie actor. I did one on Michelle Obama, but those were easy to write. But when I tried to go and do one for Melania Trump, I, as is my practice, I did my research. I outlined it. But at, when I was done writing my outline, I just didn't think I had enough material to do Melania justice. So I reached out, hoping that someone on her staff in the White House could help me out. All that I had were just superficial things, and I wanted to show her, show her at her best. That's just what I do. I don't I don't talk negative about anybody or anything on this podcast generally. And if I do, it's because I want to point out some negative behavior, because I want to offer some kind of positive approach as an alternative, as an option for people to think and, and consider for their own actions and how they conduct their lives. Now, all that I had for Melania, and I'll just go through this real quickly. I went back and looked at my old notes. I uh, outlined 10 things. I felt 10 was a good, rich, mater rich material, but I'll, you'll get a sense of how thin it was when I zipped through these. First, I said she's polyglot, mean, meaning she speaks, uh, you know, she, she speaks five languages. She's multilingual. She speaks English, Italian, French, German, Slovenian, and Serb in Serbian. I barely speak English, so I have a lot of respect for people who speak more than one language. I consider it a sign of deep intelligence. I said she's very well-spoken. I said she's a great mother. Uh, quoting her, I'm a full-time mom. That's a quote from her. Uh, she has a lot of fight in her. She defends her interests, including litigation if need be. That may sound like a, like a jerk move, but I think that's a sign of like a full, complete adult. You defend your interests. You have businesses. You defend your interests. You don't get walked, or, walked over or pushed around. I think she's a fantastic homemaker from what I can see from her public-facing image. She has great style and taste. Uh, there's a quote from her. She has a passion for beauty and fashion. I think it's pretty obvious. I love that stuff. I love women's beauty. I think she's a great hostess, which I think is a sign of you know elegance and charm. I like that. I like people who are warm and generous. Number eight was, uh, I mentioned her charitable works and support. She seemed to be, and this was from several years ago, involved with American Red Cross, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and a police athletic league. But I think she's kind of backed off on that in recent years. But that's okay. I mean, maybe she can't do that with her 
husband being in the spotlight like he was or is. She, in 2010, she had a jewelry line with QVC, which is like an, a, a television-based shopping channel. And her focus was more on affordability than exclusivity. So she wasn't trying to send high-end stuff, trying to sell high-end stuff uh, just to certain people and vastly overcharging them. She wanted uh, ladies to be able to look great at an affordable price, which I, which I respect and admire. And, of course, you know, this is very... Bad, but I mean, I, I included great physical beauty. She had a modeling career starting at just 16 years of age, but I was just really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. I didn't have shit to say. So that's why I reached out. I, I reached out to, uh, the, the White House and to the office that was operating be best because I was hoping there was some low, low level staffer that would deal with members of the general public like me. It would just be a dream if Melania Trump would come on the podcast. Of course, I would have jumped at the opportunity to speak to her. But I was just hoping to get some kind of like written response back that that was better than what I had by culling through what was on the White House website and what I'd seen her say about herself in interviews and whatnot. But that didn't happen. Now, again, all her positive points that I just enumerated, they all sounded fine to me. But again, it felt just too thin. And I had just done an episode, like I said, on first on the first lady before Melania Trump, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama's wife. Now, that episode was so easy to write because Michelle Obama does all kinds of great things and is just a great human being. So I could have talked for hours about that. Now, for I waited a couple weeks, but I didn't get anything back. No, no staffer from Melania Trump from anywhere that I reached out to. And I tried everywhere. No staffer replied back to me either from the White House or the best, uh, the be best office. So I was stuck and I consequently never released the episode because I didn't think the quality was going to be high enough for you guys. So in conclusion, what I'm saying is I think the be best campaign was a good idea. And I am grateful for Tim Young, the author of this book that I just bought. Arity, excellence, or virtue, virtue, if that sounds interesting, pick yourself up a copy on Amazon. I am grateful for him for turning my attention back to Be Best to go and reconsider it because I may have been a little ignorant and being so quick to dismiss it. I think the Be Best campaign was a good idea in the end, and it had loads of potential to be one of the best, the best, frankly, best U.S. Uh, First Lady initiatives of all time. But apathy and lack of interest and ugly politics and timing and the toxic world environment that it was trying to come up in just killed it. So it went nowhere. It paid no dividends and it ended up being a laughingstock, frankly. In stark contrast, The Gentleman's Guide to Excellent Book, my second book, the one I'm working on right now, they'll be out in a few months. Well, I feel like that needs to exist. I insist it must be great and I will put forth whatever effort is necessary to make it great. I want it just like The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, to be among your favorite and, mo and the most impactful books of your lifetime. All right, that is all I have for you this week. Let's get to work out there. Let's go.